Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So we're going to continue this mini-series between semesters. How we get results is by the application of understanding how to approach God. Remember, God is, God is your king. Jesus is king. So you just don't go to the king and say, hey, what's up, dog? <laughs> dog. You go to the king with reverence, expectation, and desire to understand who he is, honor. And as you approach the king, just like the outline of the tabernacles, which we've actually gone through, to give you that approach. So if you've missed this series, uh, this this lesson today will make much more sense if you go back and listen to the rest of the messages online, on the app, YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and you'll get every sermon update. And then you'll begin to put it together and apply it. If you come to church and you listen to the word and don't go home and apply it, you're not going to get results. If you come to church just to get an emotional fix, you'll get that, but you won't see change unless you make the change. Let me help you understand how church works. The church is not a building. The church is a people. You come to church to learn how to be the church. You come to church to learn how to be the people. And this is what we want to do for you. Help you understand the principles, the word of God, and how to apply them in your life. Today we are talking about making a decree. Last Wednesday, Pastor Stephen Green, our children's pastor, did a wonderful job in explaining how to alter spiritual environments through the altar of incense and how the priest would come in and then how that their petitions to God would begin to alter atmospheres so we can eat the good of the land. What I'm going to share with you today has to do with what comes after the priesthood. Everything we have been showing you and telling you has to do with your priesthood and then following after that this is where you begin to reign as a king under the eternal king immortal and invisible and the all-wise god jesus christ how many of you understand that we are called to be kings and priests according to the word of god how many of you understand that we are called to reign with christ and to worship him these two offices are relevant to getting results in your life. Every king in the Old Testament that functioned the temple, that made sure the temple was functioning correctly, had success in their reign. That's what we're going to talk about. The decrees that are made and carried out. And what does that really mean? So I'm going to turn with you, if you'll turn with me, to Daniel chapter 6. Verses 1 through 9. Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to go old school today and read from the King James. Turn to somebody and tell them Pastor Bobby's going old school today. He's got the old sword out, the sword of Goliath. And I also want to welcome all the, we have about 50 families or so, individuals or families. Sometimes they watch online and they're all in the living room and people gather together. But we have over 50 on YouTube and Facebook today. Let's give them a big welcome today online we miss you guys and uh if you've been one of those closet seekers of riverside church get out of the closet come to church you know you want to come 
Come and hear the come and check out and see the rumors are true. Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Keep in mind, Darius was a pagan king. This is Babylon. The book of Daniel has to do with the Babylonian captivity of Israel. This is the perspective of Daniel and the wise men that were with him, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and their story, and how God worked to them even in this Babylonian kingdom. And so Darius, who was King Darius, he said over these princes, over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes may give accounts unto them and that the king should have no damage. In other words, that they would be quality control individuals. Then this Daniel was preferred above all the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. How many of you know that if you've got the Holy Ghost, you have an excellent spirit inside of you? Half of you believe that. You've got an excellent spirit inside of you. The king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. See, it takes the spirit of God to make you blameless. It takes God's help. How many of you know it takes God's help to make you blameless? Then said these men, the other men that were in the offices with him, they were jealous of him. We shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. The reason why we can't touch him is because he's with God, but the only way we can touch him is prove that he's got another God. And this is what they did. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom and governors and princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and make a firm decree. Will you say decree with me? Say decree. A decree is a command or rule or law established by authority. Whoever asked, here's what the decree was, that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save thee, only you, king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, that was stroking his ego. These men were manipulative, and they were trying to get him to corner Daniel. He didn't know it, though. Now, O king, established the decree, signed the writing, that it would be changed, that not changed. Because the signature of the king in his name would make the law or the decree irreversible. There's authority in the name. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which, alter, which altereth not, wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. We're going to talk about this today. Understanding decrees understanding how you can make a decree and the authority that it carries. How many of you know you've been given authority through Jesus Christ to walk in the kingdom of God? 
That's what we're going to discuss that today. Say, so Lord Jesus, can you just bless this moment? Help us. Just help us today. Step in and, and our humanity and our frailty, God, and who we are and our limitations. We remove them, God, out of our minds so you can flow and do what you do best today. Bless this moment. Bless those that are watching. Don't let technology be a barrier, God. Go into the homes, into the places right now of all those whose ears are attentive right now to your word and teachings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being here, worshiping with us. You are an American, and you have been Americanized to think according to the government which you live under. You have to. In order to be a good citizen and not break the law, you have to learn the culture. You have to learn the rules, the laws. There are laws that you and I are under right now that we are going to be under as long as you live in the flesh in this world. I remember the first time I went to Louisiana and I was driving in Louisiana. I came to a red light and I turned at the right at the red light like you would in Texas. Then I found out the hard way, you can't do that in Louisiana. That's only for Texas. I don't know if you knew that or not. But Texas, the law is you come to a red light, you stop, then you're free to turn and go right. It's not like that everywhere. I thought it was like that everywhere. To me, Texas is the whole world. Amen. So when, yeah, so, so, so going to Louisiana and, and seeing that and understood some things that laws change according to regions. Laws literally change according to the region and the authority and the government that you're under. As a whole, the United States of America is under a government, a constitution, but every state even has their own laws based on who's governing it. And so when you begin to read the Bible, you begin to understand authority and how things work, but it's, it was never a democracy. If you look at the history of America, the history of America became, in our history books, we became a democracy because we didn't like the rule of the king that we were under from England. A wicked king. The scripture even says when a wicked king is in rulership, the people, not a favorable thing. But when righteousness is established, it exalts a nation. As you and I begin to understand this concept, we understand that when this country was established, this country was established under the rule and the guidance of men and families. And we set up our laws. And we chose who would be in office for a certain amount of time and limit that reign. A democracy is when men and women make the laws. In a kingdom, the king makes the law, and he's not voted in. 
a king is born into his reign by his bloodline. A democracy doesn't matter if your cousins were married together in Arkansas or, or North Texas or East Texas. Later on down the line, if you do well, succeed well, please the people, learn the government, one day you could be president too, which is a scary thing. But that's democracy. But when the children of Israel began to look at the other nations and say, also, we want a king like they've got a king, God gave them Saul. And Saul began to run the country and began to do it, and he, he, he just had so many faults and failures, and he was known as the king of disobedience. But when David took office, David began to go back to the archives and look in the scriptures and manuscripts that God gave to Moses, and he began to establish the tabernacle. And when David established the tabernacle and the worship, he went by, he began, I watch this, he began to establish the kingdom based on the law of God. And they began to function under the commands of God. And then God began to bless. So therefore, David became one of the greatest kings ever known in history. He was the only king that was able to unite all the 12 tribes and rule under and rule over Judah and Israel, the northern part of the tribes. He took territories. No one was able to knock him off the throne. If they tried, he'd bounce back, even from his own family. Tried to stage a coup, but it didn't happen. God protected him. God continued that through his lineage. What you and I are going to learn the next semester is your identity and your DNA. That you're going to find that from all the way from Adam... To Moses, Abraham, Jacob, David, Solomon, all the way down to the lineage, to Boaz, Jesse, to Joseph and Mary, came Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you're going to understand that through your bloodline, through the blood of Jesus, you are royalty. And you have right to reign under your royal inheritance. This is the mindset we have to adapt. This is the mindset you have to practice and exercise. This is what church is supposed to be. An education center, a place for discipling people to educate God's people to understand the reality of who you really are. Your thoughts of church may be lights, camera, action, worship, Listen to a good message that will tickle your emotions and go eat something good and sleep the rest of the day after binging on Netflix. That's not what God intended to have the church to be. For us, it's just a means to disciple and to train and to help and to exemplify the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God is validation for the Word of God, and God is real. So you come to church to learn how the kingdom functions and who the king is, and then you go home and you establish it there. 
case you wanted to know why the church exists, I just helped you understand why we have church. So you can be the church at home. Or be part of the royalty, of the royal priesthood that God's called you to be. So we have gone through and taught you through the word of God, your priesthood. Now we're going to show you today how to live as kings. David became a successful king based on the decrees and the commands that came from God. And he honored that. And when you and I begin to look at decrees, we don't really understand it because it was past our time. It was before our time, actually. And we don't understand. Here's a picture of what a decree from a king looked like. This is what a decree looked like. This is the closest thing I can find. But first things first, the decree had to be written. It came from the heart of the king. A decree is a law that comes from the heart of the will of the king. Whether that formation of that law came by the council of his government or not, he had to approve it, accept it. But then when he approved it and accepted it, he signed it with his name. Then they sealed it with his signature, signet of his ring. Most of us don't know that kings had signet rings. It was the actual image that represented the king. And when they sealed the letter to approve it, to get to its destination, how you knew who it was from was based on that signet and the impression on that wax. So if you ever had a decree from the king and you saw that emblem, you knew who it was. So when the king made the decree, I want you to imagine many of these going out to different parts of the region. And then those that were in charge of the region would have to implement this decree. It became law. And anyone who did not abide by the decree were punished and persecuted. Any of those that abided by the decree were blessed. And they received the benefits of that monarchy. For us... In a democracy, all we understand is cast in the vote. You don't like the law, then we go against the law. And, you know, I, I get that democracy. Then we start carrying, our, carrying out our, our little picket signs and start doing our little marches and start doing everything like that. And, and, and we can reverse it just like that. But when a king establishes something, it can't be reversed. What we have to understand is in a kingdom... The king sets the law and that's it. And you and I and our opinions don't matter. I'm going to say it again. Oh, let me say it this way. When we read the word of God, we have to understand that it was inspired by the king who instituted his law and command. And how we interpret it doesn't matter. How he interprets it matters. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. The teacher. The helper. Everyone say the helper. And so when someone asks you a question concerning God's word or what the king thinks, you can't put thoughts into his mind or put words in his mouth. That's what religion does. Religion is like a democracy. 
man-made laws to them to establish to make people think this is what God said. That's what Jesus came into when he came into the world. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, he had, they had the law of God, but they added other laws and traditions. And they manipulated the whole system to benefit them. The law and the word and the decrees of the king were meant to benefit him. And then he chooses how to bless us. But religion will say, religion will say, um, this is what I believe. Without even considering, prayerfully considering what God really meant and said. Religion will say, yeah, I know the Word of God says this, but this is what I believe. There are many movements rising up today that are very demonic in its nature that have a disguise called love, which is not the love of God, but the love of men. The approval of men. The love of the people. See, this is what happened to King Saul. He sacrificed because the people were cheering him on, and that's what he did, what they wanted, not what God wanted. It caused him to be taken off the throne, and God put a man there whom he said was a man after his own what? Heart. What he thought. And you can find this all in the Scripture. When those kings that God put in the kingdoms were in alignment with the decrees or the law or the commands, God blessed them. No one could touch them. And everything they did prospered. But when they violated what God had said, then they saw havoc. And they, they sowed havoc, they reaped havoc. Problems and issues. That's why if you're walking with God religiously, thinking to yourself... Oh, I ain't got to go to church. I can do my own thing, or I don't need no pastor to tell me what to do. I don't need, listen, your opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, let me talk about me. My opinion doesn't matter. What I say about you doesn't matter. What I think about you doesn't matter. What I think you should do to be blessed doesn't matter. But if I tell you what God says for you to be blessed and to be right and to live well and to be called a child of God, then that's law. I mean, we're not under the law. See, this is don't get confused now because now you're thinking, well, I'm not under the law. We're under grace. That's not what I'm talking about. And let me help you understand that concept as well. The reason why we're not under the law, per se, is because grace has kept us sin-free to live under the direct commands of God. Therefore, there is no law under the love of God. But if you're sinning and you're doing wrong and, and, you're, and you know you're doing wrong, then guess what? You put yourself under the law. God didn't put you there. You put yourself there. And there's judgment with that. In the kingdom of God, God has given us power and authority to walk in his love and keep his commandments. So if you say you love God, then you keep his commandments. Don't get up and walk out yet. You stepped into one of those churches that's trying to help you, not give you funny jokes. 
Uh-huh. But we want to help you. We want to help you understand that God's word is settled. What God said goes. It's not what we say. It's what God says. Because why? Because he is the king that always was, always will be, and always shall be. Was, is, and shall. God has always been there. Nobody formed him. Nobody. He was there. Isaiah chapter 40 says this. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? The prophet said, all flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. I mean, what we have right now in this world may look good, but just as much stability of a flower in the field. So you may think to yourself, I have accumulated great wealth and success, but God said it's like a flower in the field. You won't be here forever. And the people that has your real estate is going to have somebody else is going to have that later. Your real estate will become somebody else's real estate. Your business will become somebody else's business. But the one thing that will last forever is the kingdom of God. Amen. So here's what it says. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. In other words, God has commanded that everything is temporary. Surely the people are grass. Because we came from the dust of the earth. And, and I've never really understood this. How can dirt tell God what to do? <laughs> you ever think about that? God, I don't think it goes that. I don't think this is the way. I don't think that's right. I don't, who are you and I, dirtbag, to tell God what to do? That's, that's crazy. So watch this. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This brings a humility about you. And so anytime God speaks a word, it's synonymous for all of these. Look at this. Here's the synonymous words that you need to understand. Synonymous meaning decree means word of God, law of God, command, or promise. If it came out of the mouth of God, it has all the authority of the words of a king. How you would identify a decree from the king would be anything that comes out of his mouth. Anything that comes out of the mouth of the king is law. Settled. Now, before you start thinking law, we're not against. Your religious mind will go, we're not under the law. But, but better, we're not under the law. I can just hear it right now in some people's minds. When I keep saying law, law of the spirit, law of God, the word of God, but we're not under the law, pastor. <laughs> you want to know why when Jesus said to the storm, peace, be still, it responded to it? Because the authority that came out of his mouth became law. And the law of nature had to abide by the word of God. When the law of the spirit is released, the law of nature and any other type of reasoning has to conform to the authority of God. Does that make sense? God's word is supreme authority. And God has a say-so in our life. So what we have to understand is point number one, power is in the decree of the king. And if, you're, if you're one of the ones who downloads our notes and goes on the app and, and downloads our sermons, I give our sermons every time, every Sunday, all the pastors do. 
and I've given you extra scripture. It's actually labeled extra scripture under the book of, from the book of Esther, from the book of Daniel, and from the book of Proverbs that you can have for extra study concerning decrees. You want to know why the king was so sad when he made the decree concerning Daniel and he had to go into the lion's den? Because he said he couldn't reverse it. They knew. They manipulated the king, King Darius. They made, how did they manipulate him? They got and put the idea in his head. Then they got him not just to write the idea, but here's, here's what solidified it. They got him to sign it with his name. And then they got him to seal it, to solidify. The seal is for the letter to read the proper destination it was meant to get to. I'm going to give you the revelation and all of that. But listen to what the Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 8 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. And the perverse mouth I hate. These are the things that God hates. God hates pride. Pride is nothing more than you standing on your own views saying God's wrong, I'm right. That just went over your head like a carne quesada taco over a vegetarian's head. Pride is what the devil, Satan himself had when he was up there that got him cast out. What makes you and I think being human beings or dirt think that because we have pride, God won't do nothing about it. But God loves me. He loves you. Oh, he loves you. He loves you too much for you to stay the same. He loves you enough to know that that he has to correct you when you do wrong. Can I tell you the scariest place? I don't know why I have to say this, but I have to tell somebody. This is what I fear the most. You want to know one of the things I fear the most? I'll be transparent with you all. Here's what I fear the most. It's when I do something wrong and God doesn't correct me. That, that's what I fear. Because if I keep doing it and finally I get no correction, it's like God says, you go right ahead, deceive yourself. That's a scary place to be. But if you ever get the chancla from God, I'm going to tell you, you need to praise him. You need to thank him. You need to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know I can be a tonto sometimes, but thank you. I know I can be silly. I, I know I can miss it, but thank you for correcting me. The correction of God, it comes in to save us and help us, not to judge us, not to kill us, but to help us. And the perverse mouth, go back to that scripture, forgive me, I got sidetracked. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, the pride and arrogance and the evil way. It's amazing my wife had mentioned the evil, the, the way. And listen to what it says here, the evil way. And the perverse mouth, I hate Wisdom hates it. Wisdom hates it, and wisdom will not help you. The wisdom of God will not help you if this is your mindset. You'll never be able to discern right and wrong or know what God wants if you have these attributes. Counsel is mine. This is wisdom. Counsel is mine. 
sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, everyone say by me. Say by wisdom. Kings reign and rulers decree justice. Decrees are made by the wisdom of, uh, that God gives. Now listen to this. Here's the point. The point is, is that when God has established a decree and God has given a command, he didn't just do it loosely because he was in his feelings. God isn't emotional. God, God doesn't have to take happy camper. Maybe you don't know what that is. I mean, God doesn't need a monster to get his feelings up to an all-time high. Okay, maybe nobody drinks monster. I don't drink monster. I just see other people drinking. God is who he is, and anything that comes out of his mouth is settled. And what you and I have to understand, it's hard living a life of sin or disobedience to what God commands. Because God's commandments aren't hard when you love him. When you love him, you choose to obey because you have a desire to obey. And this is why God gives you the spirit to walk it out. And your heart is transformed. See, I, nobody made me come to church. I wanted to come to church. Nobody makes me live right. I want to live right. I've been given something in his presence that causes me to keep his commands. There is something awesome about living for God that's so rewarding. But there is a peace that comes into your spirit and in your life that passes all understanding. There is a love that God gives living in the kingdom of God under his rule because I know God has put boundaries for my safety and God has given me benefits for my benefit. When you do your part, you free God to do his. Every promise comes with, I'll do this if you do this. Or you can have this because I did this already. But you got to do your part. Now, God will bless you because he loves you. But God can't change you unless you want to be changed. Even God will bless you when you're not doing right because the goodness of God leads to what? Bueller? Anybody? The goodness of God leads to, okay, the goodness of God leads to repentance. The goodness of God leads us to, you know what it is? Oh, my gosh. I don't think I deserve, God is blessed, God is so good. That's God loving you, telling you, listen, I love you, I care about you, turn to me, give me your heart. I want you to do the right thing, because life is better under my rulership, under my guidance, under my protection. If you're part of my kingdom, I, I've got, I can protect you, I can guide you, I can direct you. I can bless you. I can help you with your life. I can put your family together if you give your family to me. I can put your life together if you give me your heart. I can, I can work everything out for your good if you'll accept the love. All things work together for good to them that what? Love God. To 
Our purpose? His purpose. His purpose. God has a purpose. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 says this. Who is like a wise man? Who knows the interpretation of a thing? A a man's wisdom, a man's wisdom makes his faith to shine. And the sternness of his face is changed. I say, keep the king's commandment for the sake of your oath to God. For the sake of your oath. How many of you have ever said to God, Lord, I'm going to serve you? That's an oath. You made to the king. So keep the commands of the king for the sake of your oath. Don't make a promise to God. I mean, you're better off under-promising and over-delivering. Some of us over-promise and under-deliver, like Peter. I'll be with you through thick and thin. No, but our first time on the campfire. (laughs) If I was the Lord, I'd be, yeah, whatever, dude, whatever, whatever. Be with you the rest of my life. No, but Peter. I would have been like, you know what, Matthew, take Peter's place. Right? Thank God we're not Jesus. You don't have the ability to keep God's commandments. Let me say it again. You do not have the ability to keep God's commandments. But the Spirit of Christ inside of you has the ability to cause you to walk in His commandments without even thinking about Him. It's easier than you think. It's much easier. Whoever has told you in your life, that you can do this alone is wrong. I can't do this alone. I can't even walk without him holding my hands. I can't even speak without him giving me inspiration. I can't even lead without me being able to follow him. I don't do things right. I've learned when I do things on my own, I mess it all up. But I've also learned that when I'm in his will and in the way that everything I do, even my mistakes, work out for my good. You can't lose if you lose your life and give it to him. You can't lose. Keep the king's commandments for your oath to God. Do not be hasty and go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil thing, for he does whatever he pleases. Wherever the word of a king is, there is power. Wherever the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? He he who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. Want to know why the... Three children of the Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys didn't get burned because they kept his commandment rather than bowing to the idol. And because God had already established and said, you keep my commandments, nothing's going to harm you. You're protected. There are benefits to living in God's kingdom. There are benefits. And so it says, And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment because for every matter there is a time and judgment, though the misery of man increases greatly. Our misery does increase whenever we're not walking with him. But when we keep his decrees, they're meant to be kept and they're meant to be carried out. God has a way that's better than our ways. God has a command and a word. He's a king, folks. He's our king. He's not our buddy. Don't Don't, in your mind, bring Jesus to a 
buddy status. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I understand that. But in your mind, you're best. You and I are best recognizing him and honoring him as the king. Why? Because he has all authority and power. That's why. He has all authority and power. He has at the mention, he said it even when he was in this world. He said, I could at this moment call for 12 legions of angels to defend me, but I don't. And I'm not. Because I have to go through a process for you. So when God gives us the decrees, I'm, I'm not even close to the point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> point number two, I'm, I've got to give it to you. Decrees were meant to be kept and carried out. Uh, but one thing is required for us to keep the word of God or the commands of God is the love of God. When we come to the king and make him Lord of our life, you know what Lord means, right? So if you ever say to yourself, I, I, I'm, Jesus is my Lord. What you're actually saying, the word Lord means owner. Like you ever, you remember when you first got married or do you have uh, property and you're the landlord or do you have, uh, are you renting right now and you have a landlord, you live in an apartment complex, you have a landlord. That's someone that is over the property. Well, you've been purchased by God. You've received his mercy and grace in your life. Guess what? You don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. So like the book of Ecclesiastes says, what are you going to say to the king? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing, Lord? Trust him. He's got you. He understands you. All things work together for your good. He's trying to get you through a new place in your life. I don't understand why I have to go through all of this because on the other side, the valley, there's a mountain there. And in that mountain, God's going to take you higher. And God's going to establish you. And God's going to work with you. And God's going to help you, though. You're not going to get on that mountain by yourself. You're going to have to have help. You're going to need breath. How many of you know the higher you go, the less oxygen there is in this world when you climb a mountain? But how many of you understand the higher you go in God, the more the breath of God you have to have? John chapter 14 says this. Do not believe that I... Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak, I do not speak on my own authority. And that should be our, our confession. The words that I speak, they're not on, based on my authority. But the Father who dwells in us, but the Father who dwells in me, Jesus said, does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves in, in other words Jesus was saying listen you have seen me say things but my words be nothing without the results did you hear what I just said you have seen me say things heard things but for the sake of the word they produce results if what you say doesn't bring results you better get back under his authority and see if you're in alignment with him or maybe out of timing with him or whatever it may be. Remember, time and judgment. You have to know that's what wisdom does. It gives you the ability to know the times and the seasons. 
Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. I also believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Now watch this. Whatever you ask in what? My name. This is the only place that you can find one of, one of the only places outside of the Lord's Prayer. There's a few more, but this is one of the places where Jesus gives a different mode of prayer, a different blueprint for prayer. Beforehand, the disciples asked him during the ministry and their training and discipleship, he said, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, pray that the will of the king and the decrees are carried out through your life, through the kingdom of God. Well, guess what? When did God pour his kingdom out? He came and he poured his spirit out and put it in the earth. This is when Jesus said, the time is coming. When you're going to ask anything in my name, he gave them a new authority, a new way for praying. He said, you've never asked for anything in my name up to this point, but there's coming a time where I am going to pour my spirit out and whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to carry out. Why? Because when the king makes a decree, he signs it. And anything that is signed, it is signed to validate, and he will back it up with his power. You want to know what really happens when you're water baptized? You take on the name of Jesus. How many of you sign a check, and I'm not trying to get theological uh, theologically, you know, opposed to anybody's theology. I'm just repeating what the Word of God says because anytime I've read the, ever read the Word of God in the book of Acts, they all use the name of Jesus for everything. They prayed in the name of Jesus. They blessed in the name of Jesus. They healed in the name of Jesus. And they baptized in the name of Jesus. You want to know why you're, we baptize and we call out the name of Jesus? You want to know why? Because that's when the name of Jesus is given to your life. That's the signature of the name of God. The name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name that's been given all authority. It is God's way of saying, I have approved you. And everything I put in you, I have validated with my signature of my name. Then God gives you the Holy Ghost. Which the Holy Ghost, the scripture says, is the seal and to the day of redemption. In other words, when a letter is sealed, it is meant to stay sealed until it gets to its destination. It's going to take the Holy Ghost to get you through this world to the next world. Now, y'all ain't catching what I'm saying. If you love me, if you love anything, anything you ask in my name, I will do it. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's king. That's a king talking. You got to understand that this is a king talking. A king is saying to them, and I will pray to the Father, 
and he will give you another helper that you may abide with that, that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth in other words the spirit of truth is the actual interpreter of the decrees causing you to walk in his word did you know that jeremiah said that he would give us a covenant a new covenant and that in this covenant God would not write his law on tablets, but he would write his law or his decree in our hearts, in our spirit. Did you know, according to the Bible, that every king that was instated, that one of the first things he had to do was write down every law and command of God to have them established in his kingship? How many of you knew that? It's in the Bible. When Jesus became king, guess where he wrote his law? With his own finger. How? By putting the spirit inside of us. And that same spirit has sealed us to carry out the decree of the king. How do I make a decree? By understanding you are the decree. And the, the decree is inside of you. And you walk in that authority. So when hell comes up to you and says, who are you? <laughs> you don't say, I'm the guy that's preaching Paul's God. I come in the name of the God whom Paul preaches, Jesus. You know what they're going to tell you? You know what every problem is going to look at you and say? Well, Paul I know. Jesus I know. But who are you? You have no signature. You have no decree in your hand. I don't see the signet. I don't see the seal. I don't see the command. You have no authority. But when you are walking under the command of God and you have the law inside of the word of the king inside of you. Somebody, I hope you're listening to me. When you have the king's word written in your heart and sealed by and, and, and his signature in your life and you are sealed by the Holy Ghost, whatever comes out of your mouth according to the decree, it's law. It has to come to pass. It has to come to pass. So when you start making decrees in your life, it has to be lined up with the word of the king because your opinion doesn't matter, but his word is lasting forever and ever and ever and will outlast everything that you can build. You think... We think that we're building something great when God says my kingdom is greater and it's eternal and my word will last forever. And if you establish that, then God will begin to take action in your life. The heart of the citizens have to be with the king. This is, so this is why we, we tell you. So what says, what did I just say? Here's what I just said. Here's the conclusion. The decrees of the king... The decrees of the king have already been fulfilled by his word written in our hearts. Signed by his name in water baptism and sealed by the Holy Ghost. If you don't understand that this is why you're here, we want to help you understand what it means to be born again. What water baptism is. What the spirit baptism is. We want to help you. We have... That's why Riverside College is there. That's why we're producing the classes that we have. Stay connected and grounded at Riverside. I promise you, God's going to help you grow. That's not a pitch to become a member. 
you're already a member of the body of Christ if you got Jesus and the Spirit in your life. I'm just telling you, you're a member of that. But God is trying to help us build a community of disciples where we can help you grow to become everything God's called you to be. But if you're walking around being bullied and you're not getting results, it's because you lack authority. You remember when the apostles wrote, when the apostle Paul said to the, to the writers, and he said, you are the epistles. You are our epistles. Read and seen of all men. See, the apostles would write epistles or letters. And they would tell the pastors that they sent them to because they were apostles. That's the government of God. The apostles spoke to the pastors and said, read these letters out loud. And get them in your heart. And follow them. Because you, your life... See, they didn't have email. You have to understand the times and the customs and the error. The messages were conveyed by reading out loud. And they'd have to hide them in their hearts. And he said, you all, he said, are our epistles read and seen of all men. You know where they got that talk from? That's kingdom talk. That's king talk. Because Jesus wrote his word in our hearts, and we are the decrees read and seen of all men. By this, all men should know you're my disciples because you have loved one for another. And also, he said, love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. And this is where power flows. When you begin to make a decree, come on here. When you begin to make a decree, this is where, watch this now. So the king has to establish the decree. It has to be carried out. Watch this. Throw up the slide, the last slide. The king receives the decree from counsel. This is the wisdom of God. If any man asks for wisdom, God gives to them. But the scripture says God does everything under the counsel of his own will. Once the counsel and the wisdom of God has spoken, it is written. Where did God write his law? Within our hearts. He validated this by signing it. The place where he wrote the law. We have received the name of Jesus. Water baptism is when you have placed yourself in a position to receive Jesus more than him receiving you. See, religion says, oh, you know, God received me. Well, hold on a second. You received him. The name of Jesus. That's the mode of operation God has chosen. That's why he said what he said. Well, what about Matthew 28? Go look at the history. Read the original translation of Matthew 28, 19. You know what it said in, in, in the Greek? You know what it says? Go baptize everybody in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives us the Holy Ghost which seals us into the day of redemption. But after this, this is the born-again experience, which is very simple, which we do naturally according to the custom. See, if you understand the tabernacle, you'll understand this. 
you understand covenants, you understand this. The Jewish nation understood this. They knew kingdom talk. They lived under kingdoms. We understand democracy. But after you have fulfilled and you begin to walk in this, it's power that backs it. If what they carried out from the king was signed and sealed and delivered, nothing can stop it. This is why King Darius looked at Daniel and said, I can't, I can't do anything about it, Daniel. I've already made the decree. You've got to go into the lion's den. You have to go in. But this is what King Darius said. He said, but your God, whom you worship, he will deliver you. The next day, King Darius goes in. The next day, King Darius goes in and he said, oh, Daniel, are you alive? And Daniel says with a great attitude, oh, King, live forever. My God has delivered me. You want to know what happened after that? God changed the heart of the king and the king made a decree. And the men, watch this, and the men who made the decree against Daniel, they were thrown into the lion's den. Don't tell me God can't vindicate and God can't justify and God won't back you up and you think God doesn't do anything with those enemies, the devil that's against you. Did not, did not the scripture said that one day every demon will be cast into the pits of hell? Did not the Bible says that the devil goes about with the roaring as a roaring lion, like a roaring lion? He didn't say he was a lion, but the Bible also says that there is a lion of the tribe of Judah that God will raise up out of us that will defy them. And it's almost type like Daniel. So like Daniel, when we keep the decree and worship God, it becomes Daniel's den and not the lion's den. For us in the kingdom of God, we rest with the lion. <laughs> Son of a God. Somebody better give me a Greek or something, man. I'm just telling you right now, there's a lot of revelation here. I'm just telling you that right now, we are resting with the lion and the lamb. And as long as you stay in that position, heaven's government will back up every decree that the king has made that you follow after and establish in the earth. That's how you make a decree. And you've got to speak it every day. You've got to speak the king's commands every day. You follow through with his commands. You act on the decree. You walk in the decree. You speak the decree. So you don't go around trying to make your own decree. You follow the decree of the king. And God will back you up. Will you stand to your feet? And begin to make this your declaration and say, Lord, put the word in my heart and give me the revelation and the understanding that you have given to the church. That I can walk in a new dimension and a new place and a new area of my life. And I'm not going to let any roaring lion come around my life and defile me. I'm not going to let a fiery trial try to burn me, but I'm not going to bow down to the idols. I'm not going to bow down to sin. I'm not going to bow down to old gods, and I'm not going to be intimidated by politics or government, but I'm going to stand strong 
under the commands and the decrees of my king and I will see the power of God. Come on, say with your mouth. Say, I will see the power of God displayed in my life. Say, I have been given a decree by the word of God. I abide by the words of the king and I live in his kingdom forever. Somebody give the Lord a praise right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.